that businesses that choose to be in community with others, people who choose to be in community with others are set up for success. It is when we are afraid of that connection, when we are afraid of that community, that we actually harm ourselves and it's to our detriment. It keeps us further behind. It keeps us without protection in difficult situations. It, you know, makes it so that we're not enjoying the fullness of life that can happen when we, you know, belong to a part of a group with others. Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, where you can build your business, grow your community, and have fun doing it. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, we bring you real conversations with photographers and entrepreneurs to discover ways that you can take your business to the next level and serve your clients well. We record these live in our Facebook community so you can be part of the conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey and get ready for today's episode. Hey y'all, my guest today is Natalie Frank. If you don't know her by name, the odds are you've probably heard of or even used the cornerstone hashtag that Natalie used to launch a huge community-driven movement called the Rising Tide Society. She is a former wedding photographer, she is the head of community at HoneyBook, and she is the author of her soon-to-be-released book, Built to Belong. Today, we talk all about the impact community can have on you personally, as well as how it can grow your business. So friends, let's get into it. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know you, doesn't know about Rising Tide Society or HoneyBook or anything like that, um, could you give us a little background info about you, what you do, also where you're located, all that good stuff. Of course, I'll try to make it as quick as I can um, because I, whenever I listen to podcasts, I, whenever someone rambles on for 20 minutes about them, I'm always like, I want to get into the meat of it. So the TLDR, <laughs> the too long, don't read. Here's the quick version. Okay. Um, I was a full-time wedding photographer for eight years. I absolutely loved building a photography business. I realized that entrepreneurship can be incredibly lonely and co-founded the Rising Tide Society in the spirit of community over competition to try to change that. And um, Rising Tide was acquired by HoneyBook. We joined forces with them uh, back in, I want to make sure I get it right, back in 2016. And so um, I've been working at HoneyBook, working with HoneyBook as the head of community ever since and helping to just champion small business in all spaces, um, especially creative businesses. And so Uh, that's a little bit about me. Rising Tide is a community. We're over 70,000 creative entrepreneurs and small business owners. We meet in hundreds of cities around the world. Although because of COVID, we've been doing virtual for the past year and a half with the hopes that very soon that will go back to in-person. And um, the community is is just forged around this, this idea, this mindset of community over competition, of fighting for other businesses to succeed, of championing one another and raising the tide for all. And Um, I love the work I get to do every day. It's a ton of fun, but it has also exposed me to the power of community, both for personal fulfillment, for, you know, feeling deeply connected, knowing that you belong, um, having that, that sense of, of joy in the everyday that you lose when you feel lonely, when you're alienated and isolated, but also as a strategic businesswoman, as a strategic business person, like knowing that community can be a spark that lights a fire behind your business, that it can change the trajectory of 
everything that you're working on. And that community can look like so many things. It can be a community of your peers, of other people doing what you do. It can be turning your clients into a community and actually supporting them in a community kind of setting and atmosphere. It can be changing your business model from one of purely customer acquisition to one of building evangelism and actually driving all of your efforts, not just towards acquiring that client, but then what happens after you've acquired them? What happens after you deliver the final gallery? What happens at their anniversary and for years to come? Are you maintaining those relationships and seeing the potential of turning them into evangelists to create that organic marketing engine? So from all fronts, um, I'm a big believer in community personally and professionally. Yes. Oh yeah. I love it. I love uh, just the, the whole evangelist type deal you were talking about. I was like, Ooh, okay. Like light bulbs going off, um, as you were talking. Um, that's awesome. I, I love that. Um, I think probably shortly after, after you, uh, kind of joined the HoneyBook team is whenever I had first, uh, heard about you and, uh, rising tide society, I'd, was originally in a different market and, uh, it was very much competition. Um, I was breaking into the the wedding industry and trying to find just someone to like second shoot with. Uh, cause I was like, I don't want to really go out there and do a full wedding by myself. And no one would give me a shot. No one wanted to, to share anything. Cause they're like, no, I'm not going to help competition mm-hmm. come up and, you know, take other couples from me. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I heard about Rising Tide. I was like, oh, okay. Well, this sounds like like-minded people who want to lift each other up and are, are open. And like, that's all that I have found is just everyone who's who's been to, you know, any of the meetings, any of the, the online meetings this past year or so um, have all been super open with, oh yeah, no, I was, this was me three years ago. Let me show you about this or, uh, you know, I'll tell you about how I do my, my editing and calling process. And it's like stuff that a lot of people charge for, or just kind of like keep secret in the corner. Like, Nope, this is mine. I'm not going to teach you about this. And everyone's just super open. And like, I don't know if this, if this helps you serve more couples and, you know, give them a better experience then I'm all for it. Um, So I love that. And I've had nothing but uh, great experiences with uh, rising tide. Uh, So thank you for that. And I'm just, I'm, so excited. Uh, 70,000, uh, members. That is amazing. Um, and so where, where did you, where did that begin? Where did that start? Yeah. So it started at a kitchen table at a dinner conversation between myself, my husband, and two of our friends, Davey and Krista. And it originated at Truly, I mean, I think after maybe one or two glasses of wine, where we were finally opening up and uh-huh. um, just expressed like how tired we were with the way business was supposed to be run, how tired we were of people guarding their secrets and acting as if like sharing a photo shoot location was proprietary information, right. you know, yeah. like just this mindset of. Not wanting to see, yeah, not wanting to see other people succeed, not wanting to um, see the entire community succeed, but only be out for themselves. And this fear, this scarcity mindset that was so prevalent. And um, truthfully, we never set out to build Rising Tide to be this massive community. We just wanted to change Annapolis, Maryland. We just wanted to change the way creatives were working together in our hometown. That's it. And so Rising Tide was first started around that dinner table with just the four of us talking about it and realizing there has to be a better way to build a business where 
yes, you compete, but in the arena, which means the minute we leave the arena, we are community and Mm -hmm. we stand together. Um, and that we're not constantly trying to tear the people down in order to make ourselves higher, but instead seeing the success of others in our space as something inspiring, something to aspire to, but something to cheer for as well. And ultimately the opportunity that that gives all of us to rise. And so we started at that dinner table. We hosted one meetup at a coffee shop here in Annapolis. And then friends started to see what we were doing because we were using the hashtag uh, community or competition and posting about our meetups. And they were like, we want it. We want that here in Atlanta. We would love that, you know, in Miami. Why isn't there one in Monterey, California? And so (laughs) all we did was say, okay, if you want to start a rising tide group, you can, here's the application and it's completely free to be a part of it. We're going to run it all with, with volunteers. And so that's really where rising tide started. It was grassroots. It was just, we wanted to change our hometown and then realized other people were feeling that pain point as well. Um, Mm. and it, it has, I mean, and it certainly doesn't look like that anymore. It has grown and grown and grown, and it is a much larger organization today. Um, but the heart of it remains the heart of wanting to bring people together, wanting to create spaces where as business owners, we can connect, we can bring our full selves through the door, um, and we can support others in the pursuit of their dreams as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that it started over a dinner table. I always find like the best best ideas and the best things always start over dinner, over wine, uh, just sitting around with friends. It's like, you know, what would be amazing always. if we, if we did this, um, and then just going from it. And I, and I love that y'all actually like you, cause you could have easily just been like, you know, this would be great if we had this, but no one's doing this. So hopefully someone will. Um, but mm-hmm. instead you're like, this would be great. And I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing anyone do it. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. And, uh, and I, I think that takes a lot of, a lot of bravery to just like get out there. Um, but also like, I love that initiative to just, I'm not seeing this, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, and then following through and, you know, helping others start up their own rising tides and in, in other States. Um, cause it is, um, uh, it, it is so important. Uh, and I, I know that, that it's a little bit scary for some people, the whole community aspect. And they're just like, but I don't know, like, I don't want to share my secrets and I don't want to really help this other person. Like I I've had some people, I'm in a fairly small town outside of Houston, uh, small, uh, it's like 150,000 people, but it's small compared to Houston and, um, a, a lot fewer wedding photographers, maybe 50 or so here in town versus the like thousand in Houston. And I've had some people just be like, are you, um, are you worried about other people like coming up and building their businesses here in town and taking away from your business? I'm like, no, that would be amazing. If we just have like the best wedding photographers all in our little community and we're helping each other. Um, and that definitely has happened. There have been people that have talked to me and then they end up going with someone else that I taught like two years ago. And I'm like, all right, Hey, great job. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm glad that they like, they found their person. Uh, cause not everyone is my, my ideal couple. And there's a finite number of couples, um, or a finite number of, of, uh, wedding photographers in so many people getting married, uh, mm-hmm. that there's, there's, there's definitely business out there for all of us. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. Have you seen, um, just like 
I mean, I'm sure you have over the years, um, but just like, what are some things that you've seen community impact either uh, in your life or those around you, uh, members of, you know, Rising Tide Society, uh, uh, things that community has really brought forward in those lives? Yeah. So let's start with personal and then we'll move more tactical to like actual, like what is the impact of community on a business? Cause you were touching on that. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. So (laughs) on the personal front, you know, community is strongest in the struggle. Community is there for us, not just when things are going great, just not, not just when business is going well or we're doing well, but ultimately I believe that community shines brightest when we're in the darkness, when we need other people to come alongside us. And so, you know, in my personal life, I've shared quite openly, I, you know, have was diagnosed with a benign brain tumor and went through brain surgery. I've battled infertility and gone through IVF. I've had journeys where without other people coming alongside me and being able to know vulnerably what was happening in my life. Um, I don't know if I, if I would have made it through the same way. I mean, I truly believe that community is meant to carry us in our weakest moments. It's meant to divide the burden, you know, of our lives across the shoulders of others. So we don't carry it by ourselves. Yes. And that's, you know, that is something that we all experience in different ways. Many of us, the first community is the one we're born into, but for others, that's not the case. And so whatever that first community that you think of, whether it was, you know, your family, whether it was friends, whether it was a school or a teacher that created a classroom where you felt safe to really express yourself, be yourself, whether it's a faith community, like there, there are so many options, but we can all sort of look at moments of our lives where we felt deeply supported. And those often happen in community with others. But then also on a business side, you know, you can look at it in the same way, community being strongest in the struggle as it applies to COVID and the last year of our businesses and how in so many areas, whether we're looking at our industry or the restaurant industry, or, um, you know, I think of musicians that could no longer perform, there was a collective understanding of a threat, a threat that was greater than the competition that often separates us. And in the face of that threat, the acknowledgement that we had a choice, we could continue to be separate, we could continue to not connect with others, not rely on others, not trust others, or we could see this threat as something that will unite us, that will bring us together as a collective group, as entrepreneurs or small business owners or photographers or wedding industry or whatever it is that we want to do to shift the parameters of how we view us versus them. Because what happened before is before, and you alluded to this, people were like, well, it's me versus them. It's my business versus their business. When a global pandemic strikes and strikes, no one can photograph weddings for several months. Yep. It's no longer me versus them. It is us versus the pandemic. And what that does is it changes the trajectory of how we view in groups and out groups in our community. And I write about this in the book and I use a really silly analogy about any and outie belly buttons. If you pick up the book, you have to read this little section here. Um, it was like the moment I realized what that any and outie was. And anyway, uh-huh. the point being in, in the pursuit of figuring out us versus them, the barriers can be changed and they are arbitrary. And when we make the decision to say, no, 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 it's not my business versus John's business. It is John and I against the forces that are going to try to tear us down. Businesses don't survive after five years. Um, When we start to look at it from that lens, then we can combat what is the greater threat because John's not a threat to me. I'm not a threat to him. We're not a threat to one another. There are though threats that, that are 
confronting us every day. And I talk about the stats around small businesses not succeeding, how many closed during the pandemic, the shift in the workforce that's happening currently and what that's going to do from a dynamic in, in our businesses. But the reality being that when we can come together, we can confront those challenges. So you saw photographers sharing how they were handling reschedules, mm-hmm. sharing new legal language, like force majeure clauses that needed to go into their contract. I was just going to say force majeure. Never heard of that before. We the never pandemic. <laughs> knew that word before nope. 2020. Yeah. Nope. And now everyone's exactly. got but that force is, majeure clause. So now we're moving into like, everyone has this yep. clause that never, we never knew about prior yep. to the pandemic. But the point being that we surrendered our need to compete because there was a greater threat. And in the pursuit of doing that, we realized the power of sharing collective information rapidly in relevant timing to make sure that we were all protected, to look out for one another, to share best practices and advice because things were happening so quickly. And so you can even look at COVID as an example for you know sort of what can happen when communities come together and start fighting for each other instead of worrying about the minor competition that's in the day-to-day. They stop playing this very finite uh, you know, battle of, well, who's going to win this one client? And they start playing the long game. They start mm-hmm. looking at looking at it as, no, 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 I'm not worried. If I teach you, you know, how I call in photo mechanic because it's so much better than Lightroom. I'm not worried about that. I know that by building a strong relationship with you, by helping you create better imagery, you're going to raise the bar and raise the tide. You're going to start charging more for what you're worth. And what does that do? That makes sure that when I raise my rates, we're raising them in, in, in unison. We're raising sort of the collective understanding of what a wedding photographer should cost in a town outside of Houston. Yep. We are increasing the quality of what we're delivering to our clients so that you know, folks who aren't serious, aren't digging into the business, aren't learning and growing alongside us in community, they're actually getting left behind, right? If they're trying to go at it alone, they're actually failing themselves and their clients because they're not able to be a part of this collective knowledge base and understanding. But more specifically than that, community impacts business when it comes to transactionality too. It's not just relational. Referrals are one of the primary sources of community growth, um, especially in a service-based industry where you can't scale yourself. You can only photograph so many events a year. You can only photograph so many families, couples, whatever it is that you specialize in, even commercial work, the team that, that scales that way. But still the bottom line being that there are so many folks out there looking for photographers, I believe in a spirit of abundance, that when mm-hmm. you start to recognize not every client is for me, I don't need all the clients. I just need the right ones for my business that are going to become those evangelists that we talked about. Yes. These are operating with that mentality. You're not only saving yourself a whole lot of headaches, but you're ultimately serving those clients better, building a great reputation. That's going to fuel the success of your business. And when a client comes through the door that either isn't the right fit, can't afford you, is booked on the same, wants to book on the same date where you have a previous obligation, then community becomes a source where you can actually put revenue into the pockets of other folks that are sharing your values and championing community and coming, you know, and being there for you. We all know what happens when you get sick or if there's an emergency, you need somebody mm-hmm. to lean on. You need community to come in and maybe help take over an event or a photo shoot. And it's the same on and on and on again. The proof being here that businesses that choose to be in community with others, people who choose to be in community with others are set up for success. It is when we are afraid of that connection, when we are afraid of that community, that we actually harm ourselves and it's to our detriment. It keeps us further behind. It keeps us without protection in difficult situations. It, you know, makes it so that we're not enjoying the fullness of life that can happen when we, you know, belong to a part of a group with others. And so oh, I know yeah. that was a long answer, but I love it. Yeah. It, oh, it impacts was, was everything. 
Yes. Yeah. And I, and I, I love that you, uh, I mean, everything that you said in the, in that answer. And it was, I was thinking of um, like our local community here, we've had some other photographers moving in, you know, we were a big college town. Uh, A&M is here. So some people, you know, their spouses get jobs as, you know, professors or whatever, and they move their business uh, and they start here and then they come into our community and anytime that we get someone new here, we're just like, all right, cool. Like I'm adding you to my referral list as long as, you know, style and everything, uh, lines up. But, um, but I was thinking of a few photographers who had come in, uh, like 2018, 2019, and just had nothing to just starting fresh over from nothing. And then we were, uh, building them up and like encouraging yep. them, inviting them to, yep. to all of the meetings and hangouts and just getting to know them. And then also sending those referrals. And I think uh, that's, that's one of the things that just, it's, it doesn't compute for me whenever I talk to, talk to other photographers who are like, Oh no, like if I'm booked on a date, I just tell them, sorry, I'm booked. And that's it. I was like, you don't send them to like your photographer friends. They're like, no, I don't. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love referrals. I, you know, I'd get them every now and then, which is, which is fun. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, sending, sending a referral and then getting a text from a friend just being like, Hey, thanks for sending over that couple. They ended up booking with me. I'm like, all right, cool. Like that's, that's money into their pocket. And that's like food on the table for their kids. Um, and that's <clears throat> more than just a business for yourself whenever you can send those referrals to other people. Cause you're not just, you're not just padding your pocketbooks, but you're also like helping others, um, you know, gain, gain traction in new markets or just fill up that calendar. And I love that. And referrals are proof that the success of one can be the success of many. And here's what I mean by that. I think sometimes mm -hmm. we assume if another photographer is having a ton of success where we live, that means we're not getting in on those clients. But in reality, when I ran my business, the more I succeeded, the more in demand I became, the more I even raised my prices and outpriced certain clients because I was doing that. I was growing that business and raising those rates. Um, the more referrals that came in that I couldn't take or the more referrals that would come in where I was already booked because my business was booming because I was already booked out for a year and a half in advance. I couldn't take any of those clients. So my success actually enabled me to become someone that could help build the success of other people. And I think that, you know, it, it is a mindset switch. It requires us to kind of challenge some of our own insecurities and doubts around, Oh, but if he is succeeding, then what does that mean for me? Right. But the truth is, you know, if it, if it ha can happen for her, it can happen for you. If it can happen for him, it can happen for you. It's remembering that when someone else succeeds, if they are a part of that community, if they, if they've been someone that, you know, like you said, when someone new comes to town, it's like, Hey, I'm already booked on the most popular day next year. So when I get mm -hmm. that next inquiry from those popular day, or I can only, you know, book so many in my October minis, I'm trying to talk to all photographers or, you know, Hey, right. I have a limit. I can only take X number of sessions a month gosh, darn it. October is always hectic. You know, I'm going to remember in October not to burn myself out again this year, <laughs> not doing that. I don't need <laughs> yes. all the clients. Like I believe that more will come my way in seasons, you know, beyond October, beyond the mm -hmm. spring, beyond the fall. Um, and I know I can refer that business out. And so building that community and that, that relationship networks that you also know who would be the right fit for clients you can't take. And you, you are able to be not only a great, great business owner 
to your clients, a great community member to other photographers, but a great resource to people coming to you who maybe mm-hmm. can't work with you, but, but could have a great experience with someone else. So the success of another business owner can actually help to build the success of other businesses that are a part of that person's community. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, um, earlier, earlier you had mentioned a little bit about, you know, whenever, you're, uh, whenever you get sick, whenever you're in community, other people can step in mm-hmm. and take over for you. And I'm sure like we saw that a lot this past year with COVID and there were, you know, multiple photographers who were posting in our, our local group, just like, Hey, um, so I tested positive. I have two mm-hmm. weddings in the next two weeks. I need someone to, to take these. And I loved seeing people step in and be like, okay, yeah, whatever it is, like we can figure out pay later, but I'll do this for you. I'll, I'll be there. And that that kind of community, um, of just not like, okay, but you know, I'm going to need an upcharge because I'm helping you. Um, yep. it was, it was just like, oh no, like I'll help. And then we can figure out the money later, which I, I, I feel like money is a big issue for people with the community versus competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just, I loved seeing that this past year, especially, um, with all, all the COVID, uh, weddings. I mean, we're here in Texas. So we opened up, uh, fairly quickly and there were still a lot of weddings going on where a lot of us were getting COVID because we, we were at these weddings and, um, and it was, it was really nice to have that, that community of people stepping in and helping each other, um, whenever we couldn't, uh, we also had, you know, people who, um, you know, either, either had babies or miscarriages and just, were just like, Hey, I can't emotionally be here for this couple right now. And I need someone to step in. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's one of the things I can talk about community all day long. I just, I, I love it. I love, um, just how it brings people together. And, and like, like you said that the success of one, um, does not mean the detriment to another, like the success it's, it's almost like, you know, filling up a cup and then it's just overflowing into Mm -hmm. other people's cups. Um, and, and there are certain people who might be up at the top level or whatever of success in your market, but through community, we're all, all getting that together. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. Um, so for, for anyone who's, who's listening, or maybe they've heard the community over competition, um, before they've heard of rising tide and they've just been like, I don't know, it's, that's not for me. I just want to do my own thing. Um, what would you say to those people who worry about their competition, um, and don't want to get like too close to those that they see as, uh, competing against them? Yes. Oh, such a good question. There's two things I want to say. The first is that the biggest misconception with community over competition is that we are advocating for community without competition or that we ignore the fact that we are competitors in the first place, like some sort Mm. of naive rose colored glasses approach to like competition doesn't exist. And that's absolutely not what we're saying. You know, the understanding of community over competition is really to embrace a mindset where we keep competition rightly ordered, where we know it exists, it's very real. And not only is it very real in the book, I go into deep conversations about the scientific, psychological, and neurological implications of competition on our bodies as human beings. I, I know you're not to this chapter yet, but it is my I'm favorite not, chapter in the book. But that sounds very exciting. That's where I talk like... about like the power of competition, <laughs> how competition actually makes us perform better in the arena where we simply mm-hmm. 
perform better just by having someone else competing beside us. And there are so many studies that have been done, not just within humans, but on other animals where, you know, worker ants can accomplish more simply by having larger groups of worker ants surrounding them. Or, you know, you do look at athletes, athletes will actually bench press more just simply by having a spectator watch them than they do when practicing by themselves. So the reality is that competition makes us better. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for anyone that feels like when they hear community of competition, like that's not for me because I competition's real. Heck yes, it is. It's very real. And we're not saying it's not, but what we are saying is that there's a difference between healthy and unhealthy competition. What we're saying is you can still say, Hey, we compete for business, but if her child is sick and she's in the hospital and she can't go shoot this wedding, I'm dropping whatever I got to drop to be there for her Mm -hmm. because we might compete for clients but that's in the arena. The minute we step out of the arena, we are community. I have her back. Um, it's a mindset shift from, you know, putting competition first and people second to choosing people first and saying, we will compete. That's going to happen, but I'm not going to tear other people down in order to succeed. I'm not going to be unethical in my business practices. And we, all all of us have seen this, you know, a photographer, you know, writing negative reviews on the page of another competitor. Like these are unethical practices that are completely the antithesis of what we're advocating for. And so it's not about, we're all going to be kumbaya. We're going to hold hands all the time and share everything, everything. But what it does mean is we're not going to adopt mindsets based in fear, based on the notion of scarcity, where we're afraid to even come alongside each other and share the most basic of information, support each other, ensure that people know how to run their business legally and operate from a place of integrity where when there is a greater threat, you know, are we willing to come together and support each other to get through it? Mm-hmm. Community over competition and what rising tide is about, you know, it's, it's not about not competing. You know, I, I tell a story in the book, um, specifically about, um, Naomi Osaka and Coco Goff in, in the U S open. And I won't spoil the story too much, but what I will say is you will never see two professional athletes step onto the court or step onto the field and not give it their all because of friends on the other team. Yeah. Right. They're going to show up and they're going to play their, their heart out. They're going to leave their blood, sweat, and tears in the arena. But the minute that match is over or the minute the game is over, the minute you're done competing for that client, whatever it is, like, and even in how you compete, they compete with sportsmanship, integrity. Like we talk about this in the book, they're no longer competing in the arena. They are now in many ways, colleagues in the same industry fighting for common goals and common objectives. And so it's about understanding that balance. It's not about ignoring that competition, you know, ignoring that competition exists. Mm-hmm. It's about saying, I know we compete, but you're a really great person. And I also really like you as a human. And, you know, like, I want to be there for you. I want us both to win. That's what it means. And that it's, it's truly that simple. So I say that because I do think a lot of people hear it and they're like, yeah, it's not for me. Like, I don't, I don't know if I, you know, it sounds a little, sounds a little like fluffy and like, you know, uh-huh. overgeneralizing, but the reality is let's understand what we're really talking about here. We're acknowledging competition, but we're saying we put people first. We're saying that we can create communities where we're supporting each other and still doing our best work to try to, you know, get the clients that we think are are for us um, and operating with integrity and operating, you know, under a set, a set of, of ethical business practices for all, not letting people, you know, do unethical things in our community. And that includes like writing negative reviews is my easiest example. Cause we've all seen it happen or yeah. tearing somebody down publicly in a Facebook group. That's one of your competitors for the sake of trying to tarnish their name. Like that's the kind of stuff we're not about. We don't do that. Now, 
but I'm still showing up to my client meetings, trying to win that client. I'm still marketing my business. Like you better believe it's, you know, like it's going out of style. I'm marketing oh, yeah. my heart out. I'm doing everything right, but I'm not going to try to tear somebody else down in order to succeed. And that's one thing. But yeah. then if you're also someone that still hears all that and is like, okay, I already do all that. I get it. But why should I be engaging in, in community? You know, like what is the real ROI? What is the real benefit to my business? Um, I want you to hear me very, very clearly. Businesses that are deeply connected to other businesses, businesses that are deeply connected to their clients and their customers that are focused on the right things, meaning they're not focused on what is my competitor doing? How am I measuring up? Yeah. Worrying about, and I always say looking to the left, looking to the right, scrolling on social media, trying to stalk everybody else in their market, right? Uh, Those aren't leaders. You can't lead from behind. You can't lead when you're worried about what everyone else is doing. You lead by showing up and serving your people well. And so from a true ROI tactical perspective, when it comes to business ownership, when you adopt this mindset, you're focused on serving your clients, not chasing after your competitors. You're focused on innovating what you have to offer based on this great collective knowledge you now have access to because you're in a group that's sharing what's going on and what's changing. Like you already understand that Instagram's no longer a photo sharing platform, but they came out last week and they said, hey, we're now an entertainment app. So if you're using this app to market as a creator, as a business owner, you know, mm -hmm. you've got to change the way you're doing things. Curated feeds aren't going to cut it anymore. And so what you start to get are people sharing, well, hey, I'm a wedding photographer. I'm going to start integrating a behind the scenes reel into all of my shoots. Hey, I'm a newborn photographer. I'm actually just going to set my images to music, pop them on as a reel. Um, and I'm going to tell, I'm going to let you know, like how it performs. And then you start having these collective members of your community running marketing experiments, sharing the data and saying, Hey, I tried an IGTV. It didn't work as well as the real. I think I'm going to double down on that approach. And all of a sudden, you know, they're not spilling anything proprietary. That's going to take business away from them. But what they are doing is giving other people this opportunity to feel a part of improving their business to keep competing, because guess what happens in that room? In that room where people are sharing, hey, here's what's changing with the algorithm and here's what we're going to test and try to figure out what to do. Guess what, friends? They're getting the intel. They're learning and they're growing and they're innovating. And you know who's not? Anyone who's refusing to sit with other people because they don't need help. They don't need community. They've got it figured out by themselves. Oh, yeah. And they might still innovate. <clears throat> they might still change and iterate, but they're not going to have access to the collective knowledge that could have saved them hours, days, weeks, months, years in the dark, in the dust, trying to figure it out by themselves. We go so much further together. We go faster as well, oftentimes together in this current modern world. I know there's a saying that says like, you may go faster alone, but you go farther together. I actually think that has changed with technology. I think we can yeah. go faster when we understand, you know, oh, hey, I tried this, this didn't work. Here's a quick workaround. I don't have to spend a week of my time trying to figure out how to troubleshoot that because my community member just told me she had the same problem two weeks ago. And now uh -huh. I can get back to doing what I love. So I hold that to say, if you're on the fence, first understand what community or competition really means. But second, know that there is very, very, very tangible business ROI to adopting this mindset, to living it out um, and to being a great resource to others, to like giving, paying it forward. It really does come back to you. Um, you know, and, and ultimately that is how like in multiple businesses that I have created, it comes back to relationships. It always yeah. comes back to relationships. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned going further, uh, like that's, that's probably changed the, you know, you can go faster by yourself. Um, when you said that, I don't know if it's the Olympics or what, but just like in my mind, I would pictured like rowing crew. And if you have one person 
in that boat just rowing by themselves, they're not going nearly as fast as 10 people all rowing in unison together as a community because they're just like, I've I've seen those like the stationary camera and they're just blowing past in the water, um, which is crazy. I don't I don't even know how fast they go, but like they go faster and further as a unit, as a group and community. And it's absolutely the same uh, for business, um, because I have seen those who um, have either, you know, been welcomed into the local community and have refused and their, their, their businesses have stayed pretty stagnant over the last five years and others who have come in and just gleaned information off of each other and been open about sharing, you know, we, we even share gear sometimes and like, Oh yeah, you're, you're interested in this lens. I don't have a wedding this weekend here. You can borrow it, see what you like. And that kind of stuff. I've learned so many, I mean, you mentioned earlier about photo mechanic. I learned about photo mechanic through this community because someone was talking about how, you know, their calling process is usually about 45 minutes or so. I was like, mine's like four hours. What are you doing in 45 minutes? And, uh, and yeah, like that kind of stuff, it saves, it has saved countless hours over the last probably four years that I've had photo mechanic. And, uh, and like, even if you just want to look at it that way, like that's, that is a huge ROI just for that one conversation over coffee. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I love the, the, the idea of just being open and being for each other. And, um, and I, I think what you said earlier, just, it hits it on the, on the head, um, which of course, like, this is, this is your whole deal. Um, but like being competitive on the court in the market, you know, that kind of thing, whenever, whenever you're in business, whenever you're at a wedding, whenever you're talking to a couple or whatever, that's when you can be competitive. That's where competition lives. But in your personal life, in, you know, we, we, uh, we set up play dates with other photographers in the area and like, we'll have their kids come over and let them just like full four hours of just head down getting work done and then they return the favor and do the same thing with our kids the next week and that's awesome um that is that is uh as a parent that is one of the best things about community is um is being able to do that and also um well I don't need to get into all that I was just gonna say whenever their kids come over like it entertains my kids for a little bit and I actually get more work done because they're just entertaining themselves and I don't have to be like all right guys let's uh go play with Legos or something I don't know um but yeah I I love that um let's I want to talk about your your book uh that is coming out I know those of you who are watching live right now got um probably about six weeks or so August 24 fourth. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, so, and then this, if you're listening to this, uh, on the podcast, it'll just be in a couple of weeks. Um, but you, you have a book coming out called built to belong. Um, it is about community. I loved the first chapter that I've, uh, been able to, to listen to so far, um, which great job with the audiobook. Um, I always like whenever the author does the audiobook too. Um, and I remember seeing that in your Instagram stories whenever you were recording that too. Uh, but um, what what is the focus on um, in that book? And like, what are you what are you 
what is your hope for the listener or the, the, I guess if they're listening to the audiobook, uh, but what is your hope for those who read the book um, just like for their lives? Yeah. Look, the, the hope for every single person that picks up this book is that they leave it feeling completely differently about themselves and others. It is directly combating the overly competitive world that we live in. We're talking about entrepreneurship, which is inherently competitive, but anyone who is either listening right now or watching, you know, you understand that competition is more pervasive than ever before. It impacts every aspect of our lives. From when we wake up in the morning, we open our phones, we absorb the content being shared about other people to parenting, to education, to professional life. Like we feel constantly in competition. We're struggling with comparison. We're longing for connection in the chaos. We're yearning for something better than what we have, but we're not quite sure how to find it. This mm. book is a roadmap to belonging into community. It is a book that targets specifically the problems that many of us are facing as we are navigating new technologies. We are you know, trying to grow into better versions of ourselves and we're being fed these narratives that pit us against one another. We're being you know, fed these narratives that put us against them constantly in all aspects of what we do. And the hope of this book is that it can really reshape how we feel, not just about community in this external sense, but within ourselves, like really believing that we are worthy of that love and that belonging, feeling confident in what we have to offer and stepping forward to combat the over pervasiveness of competition and comparison that leaves us just feeling alone and isolated. And so I think it's a perfect book coming out of a global pandemic season. It's a perfect book. If you are feeling burnt out, overworked and overwhelmed, um, mm -hmm. or if you're moving to a new city and you're kind of longing to figure out how do I connect with people or heck, if you're just an adult and you're like making friends as an adult is hard. Um, all of those things are super relevant. So the book is called built to belong, discovering the power of community over competition. It does hit shelves on August 24th. Um, if you know, you're tuning in before this, you can pre-order the book and get access immediately to, you know, chapter one ebook and audio book and a ton of other amazing bonuses. And so I encourage you to do that. Um, you know, it, it's definitely been a lifelong passion project of mine to speak on this subject, but to get to put it into a book, um, is a dream come true. And I just, I really hope that it changes the way you feel about yourself, the work that you do and how you connect with other people. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's, uh, that is, that is amazing. I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to read the rest of the book. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to just hear stories and, and testimonials of people who, um, who read it and it's just changing lives and mindsets and, and, uh, just making, making people's lives even better, um, mm -hmm. which is, is awesome. Um, thank you so much for, for being on the show today. I'm, I, loved our conversation. Um, there is a little, a uh, little segment that we do before, before we wrap everything up. Um, and it's, uh, just what we're loving today. Um, or this week, uh, it could be movies, books, TV shows, whatever, uh, could be a new snack. Uh, is there something that you're loving this week? Okay. Two things that I'm loving. First is just silly for me. And then the second one is a snack. So if you live near Trader Joe's, you can go get it. Ooh, what I'm loving okay. this week is my son who is two and his speech delayed um, has learned the word armadillo. And the way he says the word armadillo is by far the thing I'm loving the most to the point where I'm making him say it when it doesn't even, it shouldn't <laughs> even be said. I'm just like, can you say armadillo? And it's precious. So that's what I'm loving this week, but there's a snack 
everything but the basil bagel seasoning at Trader Joe's has been an all-time favorite forever. Uh-huh. They've come out with kettle chips. So there is an everything but Ooh. the bagel seasoned kettle chip at Trader Joe's. Run, don't walk. It is amazing. And I've eaten oh. far too many bags than I care to admit. Um, and that is what I'm loving. <laughs> okay. I love that. That sounds really good. Um, we are not anywhere near a Trader Joe's, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but I mean, I, I travel into Austin all the time. Uh, it was just there yesterday. Should have, uh, uh, but I will be there again soon. So I will, I'll definitely hit that up. Uh, that sounds, that sounds like a really good, like editing or email snack and just, uh, just, yeah. And I, if anyone goes and buys it, just post about you eating it on Instagram stories and tag me so I can cheer you on in uh, the pursuit <laughs> of this amazing snack. So it yes. is, it is that good. I promise it's worth it. I love it. Awesome. Okay, cool. I have a new snack that I need to go get. Um, so what I'm loving this week, um, it's a little coincidental. Uh, actually I had, I have this list of like things to love and the one that I was thinking would be good for today. Um, cause it kind of goes in with community is a couple people on Instagram that I love following, um, who have built really amazing communities. And one of those people is, uh, Sharon McMahon, who you got to talk to earlier today, um, as we're recording this. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like I was planning on talking about her anyway. And then you got to talk to her, um, which was amazing. I loved y'all's conversation too. Um, but yeah, anyone who doesn't know, um, her Instagram is Sharon says so, and she has cultivated this community of people online. Um, I've found out about her from, uh, Tony Christine and, uh, and she was just like, Hey, if you're into like politics and like want to know what's going on, um, uh, I forget, they call her like the, uh, America's, um, government, government teacher, teacher. Yeah. uh, which is awesome. And, and she comes at you in a very non-biased, very fact-based, just like, this is what's going on in Congress, or this is what's going on with this bill, or, you know, this is what's going on in Iran right now. And, um, and it's, it's been really great. And she'll do like questions where people can ask, like, can you do this? And then she's like, no, actually the law says you can't do this. Um, and it's been really great. My, my wife and I go through like all of her questions and everything pretty much every day. Um, but also her community, the governors, um, which we just got our uh, coffee mug, uh, with the governor's thing on it, uh, like last week. And we're excited about that. Um, but, uh, like they, they raise money for, um, and the, like the, the big one that I, I can think of is uh, just a few months ago or so they raised, I think over $500,000, uh, to go toward, um, RIP, uh, medical bills and, um, or medical debt. And it, they paid off like a hundred and something million dollars of medical debt for a bunch of people. Um, and that kind of stuff, it just like, it gets me excited. And like, we, we gave like 15 bucks and, and it didn't feel like much, but then we're like, right. Oh, but a lot of people giving a little bit went a very long way. Um, so highly recommend, um, following Sharon says so. And then also Carlos Whitaker, um, low sweat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love Carlos, him. his whole family. Like we're just, Love. we follow all of them and their farm, uh, Instagram page and everything. Um, and his community is also, also amazing and, and, you know, raising, raising money for people and, 
you know, and, and like both of them have like their fun kind of quirky stuff too, like Carlos with their farm and like the little Robin eggs and, and those things. Um, and then, uh, Sharon has a bunch of whale videos. It'll go from like, uh, talking about the government and like each different president or something. And then the next slide is just a humpback whale breaching, uh, and we're just like, okay, this is great. I love this. Uh, so if you're looking for a couple of people to follow on Instagram, Sharon says so, and then Los Wit, um, L-O-S-W-I-T. Um, both of them, I'm loving them this week, uh, especially. But uh, but yeah, that's what I'm loving. Cool. Yeah. So um, Natalie, thank you so much. Where can people, uh, where can people find you? Where can they follow along? Where can they uh, pre-order your book? Uh, where all the things. Yes. So, um, they can follow along on, um, nataliefrank.com is the best place to go. And you can nataliefrank.com slash book is where you'll learn about the book, but I spend probably most of my social time in terms of social media on Instagram. So I'd encourage just heading to Instagram at Natalie Frank, getting plugged in. And then also if you want to get plugged in with a community of creatives, if you're not familiar with rising tide society, I highly recommend I'm um, heading to honeybook.com slash rising tide. And you can find, you know, your local meetup, your local chapter ways to get plugged in and engaged, awesome educational resources and so much more. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. And we'll have all of those uh, links to everything in the show notes and everything else that we talked about, including like photo mechanic. We'll have a link to that too. Um, but yeah, all the things from today's episode will be in the show notes. It was such a treat to sit down with Natalie and talk about one of my favorite topics, community, um, and one that she is so well-versed in, as you heard. I hope you learned a little something about community and the effects that it can have on us as well as the effects that a lack of community can have. I challenge you this week to search for your local Rising Tide group or a community group with local photographers. We have links to all the things in today's episode show notes at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 73. This episode was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience where you can ask questions and interact with us, make it feel more than uh, just listening to us on your favorite podcast app. To join live next time, you can search for the Light and Dark Photography podcast group and join the community on Facebook. This episode was edited by me, John Mansfield, and our theme song is by the talented John Isaac. You can follow the show on Instagram at lightdarkco. Natalie is at Natalie Frank. That is Frank with an E. And you can follow me at All Heart Photo. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. I'd love to hear from you. Until next week, I'll see you in the Facebook group. Bye.